What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Toby. You know me from Sister Act 2, Mr. Oh Happy Day, and the hit R&B group City High. I'm welcoming everybody to join and tune into the Michael Finkley Show on YouTube and also on the Greater Works Network on Roku TV. Don't forget to subscribe. Loved her as Thelma Evans in Good Times. Now Finkley has her. Bernadette Stannis is with us. All coming up next. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Finkley Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I still get very, very excited when persons reach out to me and they say, hey, I love what you're doing and, you know, you have some awesome content and it looks great. It looks clean cut, all this kind of good stuff. I like to be on. I still get a rush from that. And because I tell you this, because um, I always teach myself to be humble in everything that I do, because anything that I do, I don't we pray. You know, we have to, we have to talk with God about it, um, and we just we we were raised that way. And so, when, again, when people do this and say these things, you know, it's very humbling. But it also gives me energy to keep going, it gives me my fuel to keep going to what I really want to achieve, want to do with this platform. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the ones that have been on this show. Thank you for the ones that have reached out. Thank you for the future persons that are looking to reach out as well, but haven't quite done so already. I say this because on Monday, we will be celebrating 100 shows. Y'all, 100 shows. Can you believe it? Um, I wasn't even going to start this platform, but it's something that's been on my mind for years, but I never know how to get, I didn't know how to get started with it so uh i i pondered and pondered people say you should do it this way that way another way but you know i said i'm gonna do it my way i already had a vision for it i already know how i wanted to sound and look and here i am here i am 11 months later here i am celebrating 100 episodes because of you you watch you click you subscribe you want more you email us you write us and we thank you for it Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so today, we're, we're able to have guests like Bernadette Status. Oh, Bernadette Status is here with us from Good Times. Y'all know her from Thelma. Thelma from Good Times. Y'all know her. Y'all, we had a great conversation and things got real in this interview too, I tell you. But you have to watch to, to see what I'm talking about. So don't you go away. More to come. We'll right back. Coming up, we have the lovely Bernadette Stannis with us. Don't you go away. We'll be right back. Celebrate 100 shows. It's the Michael Binkley Show. Join us as we count down our top five shows. And remember the 14 moments. Come on, y'all. Let's celebrate. Next, Michael Binkley. Monday. Looking for a mentoring program for your young male between the age of 6 and 18 in Columbia, South Carolina? Well, look no further. Big Homie, Lil Homie Mentoring Program is the program for you. Under the leadership of Mr. Jamal Stroud, Big Homie, Lil Homie is a 50C3 nonprofit organization 
that caters and mentors at-risk youth that come from single-parent homes. The organization caters to young males between the ages of 6 and 18 within the greater Columbia area. The organization is devoted to shaping and molding their life into great men of society. Big Home and Little Homie organizes male gatherings, discussions, and even educational assistance devoted to guiding and leading them into a positive light. Making a positive attitude will help in transforming life regardless of what is experienced in life. For more information on Big Homie Little Homie Mentoring Program, visit our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Need a little motivation? Timothy Clifton is with us every week on Mondays to get your week started with a little motivation, all here on The Michael Finkley Show. the Michael Finkley show. Now y'all see my guest beside me. This is History Among Us. Y'all, she is Thelma Evans of Good Times. Y'all introducing Bernadette Stannis. How are you? Hi, Michael. How are you? I am super well. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh my word. So I must do this first. I must do this first because my mom actually grew up watching you. So she told me to say Hello, she loves you. She loves you, still Thank loves you. you. Hi, mom. What's mom's name? Her name is Carol Finkley Nixon. Wow, Carol. Hi, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did it for your mama. Okay, don't beat me. I did it for your mama. You All have right. a beautiful smile, Michael. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, she's going to love that part. <laughs> now, I must say, why don't you age? I do. Why don't you? You don't look it. Thank you. <laughs> I pray every night, God, please don't let me look my age. <laughs> oh, my word. It's still beautiful. That awesome smile. Thank and you. still out here um, making a difference in the world today. And we thank you for it. So as you know, we're everyone is dealing with COVID-19, right? We're trying to push through it. All that kind of good things about that. So in this time, what have you learned about Bernadette that you did not know before? That um, I, 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 like I told my daughters, um, this is a time where we have to deal with ourselves and we have to deal with simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned um, that living simply is just, just fine. You can still make it whatever you don't have, you know, just, just be simple, um, do simple things, um, Understand that this is not going to last forever. God loves us. Be obedient. Wear your masks. You know what I'm saying? Don't go into the crowds that you you used to hang out in all the time. And just do the simple things and and just um, pray a little bit more for your um, tranquility because this can make you very anxious. Mm. And so that's what I've learned to just... I always prayed, but I do pray even more now um, because I just want to stay calm and I just want to know that if we do what we're supposed to do, we'll be okay. Right, right. We have to be okay because if we speak it, it has to come to pass. That's That's what I've always been taught. It has to. And also through experience. Yes, ma'am. And so let's go back 
Let's go back. So you're at a, a beauty pageant many moons ago, and someone actually discovered you there. Talk about that. Talk about that moment. Yes, that was interesting because, um, what was it? Oh my goodness, I forget his name. But anyway, there was a beauty pageant, and it was only for adults. Like they had like 18 and over. And so wow. my mom, my mom said that there should be a a pageant for you know teenagers because we want to be in pageants too. So Hal Jackson, that's who she spoke with. So because because he was in charge of the um the uh, adult uh, pageant. So the very next year he had a teenage pageant. So of course I'm saying, mom, yeah, you know, bye, I'm going to be in it. So um, eight weeks later, okay, we were doing, we're going every week to practice and the whole thing. And mind you, there are five, my mother has five children. So, you know, she's taking us all up to Manhattan and we're living in Brooklyn and all in Manhattan. And so the day that Sunday of the show, I got up and I looked in the mirror and you know, every time you're getting ready to make a leap in the world, no matter what it is, you're gonna have the little devil on the other side talking to you and telling you, no, you know, you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna make it. I'm like, right. oh. So, so here I am uh -huh. sitting there looking at myself and going, come on, you never won any pageant before. You're not gonna win now either. <laughs> so I'm my mother, my mother, my mother comes in and I say, Mom, I'm not going. Not going, and I fought with that. Like, not fought, but I'm not. Mom, not going. I had an attitude, and she mothers know, you know, parents know that so you're going. And I'm like, so anyway, I ended up going, and that's where I met my mom. Met the manager while I was on stage, and he said, you know, uh, they're doing a television show, and your daughter looks like she could fit right in there. Well, of course, we went to CBS the next day. Norman Lear was there. Uh, Jimmy Walker was there, and it was thousands of girls. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, so I go in there, I audition, do my little thing. I don't care, you know, I figured, well, hey. Anyway, I did my thing. I, me and Jimmy would like brother and sister and Norman started laughing. I think that kind of won him over. And the next thing I knew, they, they flew me out to California, flew us out to California. It was, there were only four girls then. And then um, came back to New York, didn't hear anything for about a month or so. So I forgot about it. Wow. Then they called my mom and said I was Thelma. <laughs> oh, and the rest yeah. is history, right? The rest is truly television yeah. history. And during that time back in 1975, you all were the first, the first African-American family. The, you became the first African-American female teenager. How did it feel to be the first? Well, the first, um, it felt great. I didn't really know that much about being the first then. But, um, gotcha. you know, going yeah. back to, excuse me, going back to that pageant thing, I just want to say this, what I learned. I learned that don't let fear stop you from walking into your destiny. Ooh, I'm so glad you yeah. said that. Don't let fear. Ooh, I'm so, that's my theme for the oh, year. Wow. No more fear in 2021. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, yeah, because I was yeah. afraid and I would have never have been Thelma, you yeah. know, had I not, you know, jumped on the back of my mother's faith. That's basically what right. it was. So um, right. being the first um, African-American teenager on television didn't really dawn on me until way after the show. I mean, it just right. didn't. And um, I just wanted to do my best and be my best. Um, mm. I wanted to, you know, um, that's just how I was. And I knew the character. They did not know how to write for her. They didn't understand mm. being the first they did not understand who she was. 
I right. oh I knew because I was born and raised in Brooklyn, in Brownsville, in the projects. I knew her very well. Right. You know, so Esther told me you right. I, Esther told me you go right on up there and talk to those writers and those producers and, and tell them who who Thelma is. And I did. Wow, amazing, amazing. Wow, because they don't understand because we had a lot of white writers on the show. Well, correct? you had mostly white writers, you know, mm -hmm. and even if you had probably one or two black writers, there's no guarantee that they knew how to write, you know, for a female or a young teenager either. Right. So um, I had to help them to mm -hmm. understand that a, a young black girl from the projects can speak well, is intelligent, can um, you know have aspirations to be a doctor or whatever, you know, just like any other teenager anywhere right. else in the USA or world. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Wow. And I was introduced to uh, Good Times as a child uh, because, of course, my mom watched her growing up. And right. ever since then, my sisters and I, we've seen every episode. Even my little nephew, who was five years old, loves a theme song. I right. And so it's like we grew up on it as well. Um, and so as you, as time went on, you perfected that role of Thelma Evans. Uh, what is, are you truly Thelma Evans? What's the difference? Who's the difference between Bernadette and Thelma? What does that look like? Well, she was a little bit more optimistic than I. Um, <laughs> I being, love the way you said that. <laughs> being the eldest child in the family, in my real family, right. um, I was more, I had more responsibilities. You know, and being the second child and the only girl in the Evans family, I was a little more spoiled. Mm -hmm. So I had more fun. <laughs> yeah, so those are the differences. <laughs> gotcha. Like, I want to stay here, right here. I want to stay right here a bit longer. Oh, my. And within that groundbreaking show, you covered a lot of issues during that time frame, especially even now. So if we look back, it fits into present day. So what are some of those issues that kind of, still stand out to you present day? Well, gangs, um, uh, venereal disease, uh, drugs, um, bullying, all those things, uh, high blood pressure, uh, hypertension, uh, elder people, older people not getting married because they'll lose their, you know, benefits yeah. type of thing, you know, so it's kind of like the same thing that's happening. It hasn't, and you know, bad, bad food in the ghettos. <laughs> Mm. still the same mm. you know so i mean it has a uh, 43 years later um let's say 40 yeah 43 did, it hasn't really changed much right. we've changed our hair we've changed our clothes but we really haven't changed much i gotcha i gotcha oh wow and and then we look at today we look at the the teenagers right during this time your time how did you beat that curse of being a teen star? Well, my parents wouldn't have me, um, you know, do anything else but do the right thing. Right. I was trained that way because I was born and raised in Brownsville in Brooklyn. And so everything that Hollywood had to offer that was naughty, I say, mm -hmm. um, I lived it. I lived it. I mean, I, I, I would see it every day. I would see junkies on the corner every single day. And um, when we would walk to school, we would always say, which one's gonna hit the floor? Which one's gonna hit the floor? Because you know, a heroin addict always nods down, right? You know, they just nod slowly, move real, real oh. slow, all the way down, but they never hit the ground. 
They well, never fall. <laughs> The most amazing thing in the world. They never fall. So I'm like, we used to just say, I bet you that one's going to fall. Oh, no, that one's going to fall. And they never fall. That's how bad it was in my neighborhood. So mm -hmm. when I went, when I got to Hollywood, my parents were okay with me. Go, you know, they, they knew that I was not going to go into anything because I grew up in it. My daddy also always says to us, what's around you does not have to be in you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. gotcha. So, I mean, nothing fazed me. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. <laughs> Oh, wow. And even after the, the show ended, you know, and as time went on, did you even know the impact that you will still be making these many years later? And how does it feel? It feels wonderful now. Because, well, like you said, like you're the second generation, your little nephew is the third generation. Yeah. Sometimes I go out on my book, my, my book tours and there are little kids there. I remember this one little boy. He was so cute. And he didn't even see me. He just walked up to the table and he, and he saw the picture of the, the, the Good Times family. And he goes, and he saw singing the good, the good Times theme song. And he was three, like five, I think it's five or six. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you, God. I mean, it's so wonderful that it's generational, you know? And it yeah. kept me popular all these years, you know? So I just thank God for that. That was really a true blessing from God to me. Yeah. Do your, does your family see you as, oh my gosh, you're Thelma? Or just like, okay, mama. What's next? What's up? Oh, you mean my kids? Mm -hmm. you do it? No, they, they don't. They don't. I don't even think they recognize it. You know, I was on TV. Come on. <laughs> it's like wait, 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 wait. I have a granddaughter. She's five, mm -hmm. and so um, she was looking. She, I think she saw it on television one day, and she was telling. She told my husband. She said, "She said that's honey right there." I mean, like an everyday, you know, but it is like an everyday occurrence to them because everybody's on television now, and you know, everybody's on the. Uh, the, the zoom and stuff so it's no big deal to them it's like yeah that's that's honey when she was young that's honey that, that, that she calls me honey and so you know it's no big deal and then one day she said she said um pop pop you know honey is a star i said what do you know about a star what's a star you mean the sky what are you talking I said no she doesn't know anything about a star and nothing she just heard somebody say it and so oh wow that is amazing it's amazing she knows that like I know, I know. Yeah, you have to tell like, me. I know. But it doesn't. They, it's like it doesn't really register, though. Right. It's just. It's just an everyday occurrence, you know, because everybody's on television. So, so what? I'll be on television one day too. One day, I guess. I guess you will. That's what she said. So, but my my two daughters, they grew up with it, and um, I remember the moment they recognized that I was on television. Mm -hmm. Um, the baby daughter, she 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 was sleeping with me and the good times came on it was like five in the morning or something and i guess she heard my voice and she 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 sat up and then she looked <laughs> i was up she looked and she looked and she said ma that's you that's how she recognized it and now at college when she's when she's there like they'll play good times you know she went to hampton university and they mm -hmm. would play it in the auditorium or the lunch lunch room and she would say Mom, you're on television again. <laughs> Bye. Just want to let you know. <laughs> I'm just oh, a regular mom. I love it. I love it. And again, it just shows how just oh your energy and just, oh, it's just amazing. It's definitely Thanks. amazing. But when we come back, we're going to talk about life after good times. And we're also going to talk about this disease that you refer to as monster of the mind. We'll be right back. 
next. What is the monster of the mind? Bernadette explains. We'll be right back. I'm just not college material. I am tired of school. I'm just not sure what I want to do after graduation. Sound familiar? Welcome to the Prelo Educational Institute. Our focus is to help young people prepare for life after high school. It's never too early to start planting the seed for education, career, and life overall. The Prelo Educational Institute is made up of the following two products. The first product is the book titled, I Ain't Going to College, A Guide for Life After High School. This is the first book of a series that introduces middle and high school students to a young man struggling to find his way and make the decision about whether attending college is the right choice for him or not. The book has questions inside and a supplemental curriculum can also be purchased. The newest product from the Prelo Educational Institute is our online course titled Preparing for Life After High School. In this course, students will learn about decision-making, self-confidence, accountability, self-awareness, and many other topics that speak to social-emotional learning. Young people will read a story about a young man who never gave up no matter what the circumstances were. The course is interactive and has questions, quizzes, and video. Do not wait until your child or student is a senior in high school to start planning. Enroll today. To enroll and learn more, please visit www.speakerauthormarlow.com. She is a flexible and she is a multitasker. She is a wife, a mom. She is city councilwoman. She, yeah. I was growing up, mom worked outside the house, and so my dad was an entrepreneur. I saw him leaving early in the morning or late at nights to go meet with clients, and he was always one who told me, you know, if you show up on time, you're late. I just admire how she's able to not only juggle the demands of her jobs, but keep her family really first. The outstanding thing about the Isaac family is their noble contributions to improving the quality of life for our Colombians and people all over this state. I, I Tamika Isaac, to Solomon Square. Discharge the duties thereof, so help me God. So help me God. Congratulations and blessings. I first ran because I saw a need, I saw a void that needed to be filled, a voice uh, that wasn't there. And over the last several years, I feel like I've been able to be that voice. So often as women in whatever spaces that we're in, um, we are often discounted because we're a mom or we're a wife or we have this career. And she's an everyday woman who shows women what excellence looks like. She has walked the walk of being a small business person, of being a parent, of sending her kids to school. Columbia is a great place, and we have done a lot in the last few years as far as law enforcement. But law enforcement can't do everything, nor should it do everything. We have to really expand upon the tools, technology, and community policing, investing in our communities uh, so that law enforcement is a partner with our communities. 
being a Columbia native, I've seen the way this city has grown. It's grown to the point that sometimes not everybody's been a part of that growth. I want to make sure that communities, specifically communities of color, make sure that they are part of Columbia's present and its future. I want to have a climate plan for this city that not only helps us be sustainable, but also helps provide opportunities for folks in the workforce. There are so many opportunities to take advantage of technology, uh, green energy. I want to be the advocate for growing our city and being on the forefront, not just looking at what other cities are doing and following them, but being the leader. If you don't have the right leadership, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. I think having a woman as mayor of the city of Columbia is long overdue. I'm Tamika Isaac Devine, and I'm running for mayor of the city of Columbia. What's up, y'all? I'm Leon Frierson, former cast member from Nickelodeon's All That and co-host of the Prime Nostalgia Podcast. And I'm here to ask you to join me in watching the Michael Finkley Show weekly on YouTube. Now, I've been on the show, so I definitely know it's a platform where you'll be educated, informed, and inspired. Now, don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you on YouTube. Welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. We are still chatting with Bernadette Stannis over here with us, and I am just enjoying this conversation. And so, Bernadette, please tell us, tell us about your mom. What was she like growing up? Okay. Mom was always a very quiet lady, but a very determined lady. Like, if she wanted to do something, she was going to do it. And she was very quiet and very, very, um, just, a, just a nice little quiet lady and when she got mad she got even quieter but um (laughs) (laughs) but she was no pushover okay like um when we did something wrong she would let us know I can remember when we were really really little my mom this is how my mother used to do it and we had to get a spanking I remember this my mother would sit down in a chair now what mother's day what we would she would sit down in a chair and she would say come here and we were like what come here. And she said, I'm not going to chase you. You're going to come here. We would have to walk to her. That's the worst. Did you hear what I said? Um, We would have to walk over to her and lay across her lap so she can pop, pop, pop. I never in my life, <laughs> my kids ran. They would, I couldn't do right. it. I, come here. And we would have to come there. I mean, I saw my brothers walk to her. I walked to her. That's the kind of power this lady had. Wow. And she was so sweet and, and so cool. I yeah. just said, I never understood that. But anyway, that's how she spanked us. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, you know, she was just, um, uh, she sacrificed a lot for us. For all of us, you know, and um, uh, an incident happened to my father. She was 59 years old. He was 66 and my father got murdered. Someone murdered my daddy. So I think that was the shock that turned her. It did. She just never was the same. And then after that, um, you know, we all were grown. So we all, you know, left and she, she, she moved into a smaller place. It was just her. And she was lonely, I think. And um, 
she never uh, complained to us, never let us worry about anything. And then by the time she was 63 years old, we noticed that she was, she was shaking. She had, she started with the Parkinson's and I, we didn't know what that was. So I told mom to go to the doctor and find out what it is. Now, only after she passed away, and I was looking through all her writings because she used to write just like I write. Um, and she dates everything. She dated it. And that was the time I told her to go to the doctor. She said in her book, she said, I went to the doctor, but I don't think I'm going to tell the children because I don't want them to worry. So that had to be Parkinson's. Okay. But see, I didn't know Parkinson's and, and Alzheimer's are on the same chromosome. Oh, so usually they go together. They can go together. So by the time she was 70, she had she had a full blown Alzheimer's. Yeah. And that's not that old yeah. anymore. It was old then. But it, and, you know, 66 was old then, but it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. Not like that. Um, and so, you know. When did you start seeing a change um, in your mom and her behavior, okay. her actions? I lived in um, L.A. She lived in New York. And we had a play in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. Um, called, uh, I was at the Lincoln, Lincoln Theater, and it was um, Whatever Happened to Black Love. And so the whole family came down. And, and I saw my mother, and she was not put together right, not for coming to a play. And I'm like, mm -hmm. did you guys not see what mommy has on she had on something it just didn't fit and some, it just did not right. fit her hair wasn't done right and i'm like oh my god i knew something was wrong and so uh like about a month later my brother said yeah mommy needs you to come and get her and i went home and i saw it wasn't right and i i took mommy back home with me i went took took her to the doctor and they said it was alzheimer's yeah and when you heard that news, did you actually know what it was at that time? Or did you have to do some more research? I, no, and I, I didn't even know how to say the word. You know, it was Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. Yeah. What is that? And so when the doctor said to me, give your mother some kind of medicine that he gave me, he said, she has something called Alzheimer's. And I said, what is that? I said, mommy, I said, mom, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. I don't know what this is, but you're going to get more vitamins. We're going to feel, don't worry about this. And so she's like, she's like, you know, whatever. And then the doctor looked at me and he put his head down. And I'm like, that's rude. You know, why doesn't he try to console me or talk to me or tell me? Because he already knew what it was. Of all, uh, I did not know. I did not know what it was. There is no right. cure for Alzheimer's right now. So this seems to bother me. I, I had to tell you, this is so funny. I looked at my mom and I said, mom, how did you get that disease? I said, that, 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 I only, I only heard that disease on, on Caucasian people, not black wow. people. We don't get that. Well, I always saw commercials on with Caucasian. So I, I didn't know anything about that. Well, you, you just know, imagine. I said, Caucasian right. people, well, how did you get that? I said, oh, I know how you got that. I said, you're Creole. So you have a little white blood in you. <laughs> <laughs> for all my white supporters and lovers and I love you guys <laughs> please don't hold me to this that's ignorance I was totally ignorant so I'm like we learned I learned, we learned. you know and so 
And he looked at me, poor doctor, he looked at me. So anyway, now that I, you know, then I went home and I researched it and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, I feel so stupid. But African-Americans get this disease twice as much as anybody gets it and females even more. So, you know, I felt dumb saying that in front of that doctor, but um, it was a horrible, horrendous reality for me. It really was because I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand why it happened, why it happened to her. We were supposed to travel. We were supposed to write our book together. We were supposed to do all these things together. And I said, God, why? Why did this happen? And so one morning I got up and she was just as happy as she wants to be. And I'm like, golly, you know, but mommy's not well. And so when I gave her the medicine, she said, I'm back. I'm back. She knew something was going on, but she didn't know what, right? So I said, well, I'm glad, mommy. So, you know, we went along with that for a while. And then, of course, the medicine didn't work after a while. And I had to come to grips with some some very hard realities about that. My mother was a bookkeeper and she kept all the books and all the money and she knew how to do things so well. And and one day I gave her, you know, her money because I would always put her money in a purse and we go out and she's just giving money away giving money away. I said, okay, I can't do that again. Yeah. So I did something that I cried all the way there and cried all the way back. I went to the toy store and I bought um, play money. Looked and she sent me out and counted and put our money down and everything there and did not recognize it was play money. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I went in the back room and I just cried. And then I realized that at the end when, you know, mom, after mommy passed away, um, something hit me and it hit me like this, like God was talking to me. And he said that it had to be that way for your mother because your mother was a worrier and she would have been in a pain knowing that she was dying. So with the Alzheimer's, she was happy every single day. She had no thought of being, uh, that she was dying. She didn't know she had Alzheimer's. She didn't know anything. She didn't know any of that. She just knew that she was happy. So I, I say, well, God knows best. That's it. That's it. We, and we know we have to trust him because he does know best for us. Yeah. And as, every one of us, not yeah. maybe for me, for her, but for yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And as we talked about before, your story does hit home because this disease struck my family as well. Uh, I was a little bit younger uh, as I don't think I was a teenager yet. And but we had to grow up very quickly. Um, my mom who was a single parent and with three children. So we moved from our place to our grandparents place. Um, my grandmother started having the same symptoms um, as um, as you talked about with your, your mother and just seeing a very strong-willed, determined individual, spiritual in the church. You know, we never saw her drink, smoke or anything like that, just decline. And at one point she only remembered who I was. And, and so, you know, and then my grandfather doing the same thing as time went on. So while my mom worked, taking care of the household and still working and trying to just meet all the demands. Yeah. Right. You know, my sisters and I stepped up. And so yeah. we 
we will watch my grandma, my older sister will watch my grandmother because she got her days and nights confused. And, yes. you know, we will bathe her. We would walk with her, talk with her. I took care more of my grandfather, bathing him, talking with him, a man of God, a bishop in the church, you know, and just declining. So it, it allowed us to grow faster. Yes. Um, not yes. having that childhood as we, as we saw all our friends do. Yes. But at the end of the day, I would do it all over again. Yes, of course. Of course. Because look do at it what all you, over again. Don't cry. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I promise, Brady Dad. I promise. <laughs> no, yeah. but you know what? It's it's for, yeah. you know, I, everything happens for a reason. And sometimes, you know, those things are given to us so that we can go forward and help other people. Like, look at what you're doing now. You know, like how many people you're going to help just having a show that you have. You know, yeah. I, I speak to people about it. You know what I mean? If it can happen to me and, and, and my family, I mean, it can happen to anybody. They don't feel so like, why did it happen to me? You know, it happens. And so we have to manage the world. You know, this is what was given. So we manage through it. You know, and that's what we have to do because, right. you know, it's life and nobody's going to escape life. I mean, there's only one way out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so please talk about your foundation, remembering the good times. What is that all about? Okay. I, that sounds so cliche. That <laughs> Okay. Um, but I love it. <laughs> this is the truth. My mother and I were watching Good Times one day when she was in Alzheimer's and um, she was looking at the t television and then, um, you know, Thelma, JJ, we were doing that thing. And so all of a sudden I was sitting next to her and she looked at me. And she said, you know, that's a cute little old girl. Yeah. Yeah. So she no longer knew it was me. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, ma, she is, you know, and it was like a stab in my heart. And it's like, God, this, this wicked thing, this monster of the mind, it took away the very thing that changed our lives that my mother was so proud of, you know, and really she was the, she was the reason why I'm Thelma and yeah. she pushed me to do it. And, you know, uh, so when, when it was over, I said, I'm going to name a, a foundation called Remembering the Good Times an Alzheimer's foundation in my mother's memory. Right, right. I love that. And the book also, The Last Night. Tell us the more last about night, that. I named it The Last Night because the last night of her life, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. That, that was interesting. When uh, they called, my mother by this time had, um, she was, okay, okay, she had to go to a facility for like a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, because she had a feeding tube, and I didn't know how to take care of that. And they said that just to get us stronger, well, in the nursing home, instead of them washing the people with soap, they just wring the same towel around the place, I found out. And my mother caught the C. Defsel disease. She caught the, the, the C. Defsel, that's what it's called. Oh and it's a, it's, a, it's a germ from not being clean, from not cleaning well. And um, in six months, she was dead. Wow. So the, the, the facility hired um, some women who really probably didn't like anything and they just didn't care. Mm -hmm. And um, I just never went back to sue them or anything like that because I was still dealing with all that I had to deal with with my mom and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was horrible. So you have to be careful. With, if, if they have to be in a facility just for a little while with the feeding tube, they're open. So you, you just got to be very careful because if they're not careful... They can, they can die from that. Yeah. 
So um, that's what happened to mom. I forgot, lost my thought. What was I saying? Um, yeah, um, the last night. Okay, so when I got the call that she that her her vitals were 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 failing, and I went to the hospital. She was in the hospital by this time, and she had a feeding tube and all that, and she couldn't talk. I was like, oh my god, my mom is dying, and what goes through your mind is that I've lived all these years with my mother. What am I going to do without my mom? You know, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I, and so when I went to the hospital, it was as if I was so scared and scared of what I would see. And so when I went to the hospital, just before I walked into the room where she was, it's like God just came to me and said, this is going to happen and make it good for her. And, and, and I just got like a strength, like he gave me grace. And when I walked in there, I said, mommy, I'm here. Don't worry about anything. I'm not leaving you until this thing is done. She knew. She knew. And I laid down with my mom and I stayed right there with her. We prayed, we prayed. And the room was so peaceful, so calm. And at the end, my, one of my daughters, Dior said, um, she was looking at my mother's eyes and she said, mommy, um, she looks like she's looking through um, you know, she's not looking right. So I said, well, give her the picture of Jesus. So she showed her the picture of Jesus. She said, no, mommy, she looks like she's looking through that picture. I said, well, show her the picture of Mary. She loves Mary. She loves Jesus' mother. She, she, she'll look at her. So she, she showed her the picture. She said, no, mommy, she's not. She's not looking at this picture. She's looking through a picture. And I'm like, through the picture? So then I walked on the other side of, of the bed and I looked at her and she was looking like this, looking all around, like in amazement. It's as if she, I said to my daughter, I said, it's looking like she's looking at the real thing. And she was. Because she, she was transitioning right then and there. And I could see it. I could, it's, it's as if I could see her just go. And I didn't even realize. And I started talking to her and saying, this is the moment I got to tell her, mommy, I love you. I love you. I love you, mommy. I said, I said, we had fun, mommy. I love you so much. I know you love me. I said, I said, but you know what, mommy, it's not over yet. And this looked like as soon as I said that the nurse came in and she said, cold blue. I didn't even know what cold blue was, but she got me out of there and they worked on her, Yeah. but it was death. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, so I'm saying, you know, it's just so that 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 night was a magical night, a sad night, but it was a, a night that taught me something. It taught me that that God is real mm-hmm. and that he'll be there for you when you when when your moment comes yeah. and he'll take your hand and pull you over. And I felt that my mother didn't die. She just transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. It I didn't feel that. like death. Whoa. Wow. Wow. He always gives us a lesson, even in the good and the bad. That man right there, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And so you have done so much in your life. What is something that you still want to accomplish? I want to write a a series of of shows um, for for the African-American woman who's Mm -hmm. over 50. Hmm. You don't have too many wonderful parts for us. Right. Where somebody's aunt, <laughs> aunt, <laughs> grandmother, <laughs> or Looney Tunes, something. <laughs> it's just not right. <laughs> it's just 
not right. <laughs> so how is that process going for you? <laughs> it's going well. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. All right. I wasn't ready for none of that. I wasn't ready for any of that. All right. Okay. So. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is true. It's definitely, definitely true. So we can't wait for that, that project to come to fruition. Uh, so as time continues to go on for all of us, how does Bernadette want to be rem remembered in the world? Well, I think that they're going to remember me as Thelma. <laughs> I think that's going to be it. Um, they're gonna, no matter what I do, no matter how many plays, no matter how how many books I write, they're gonna say, "Put that Thelma down there." <laughs> Put Thelma down there. <laughs> and I love okay, it. Okay. I love it because you know it feels like you remember how I love Lucy when you were little. You said, "What did you watch?" I love Lucy when my day. I, I love Lucy, and so yeah, I, I watched like, all of them. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I, I became a I love Lucy type of thing. Like, you know, <laughs> good times, Thelma. So I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're beautiful. Thank you. You're youthful. Thank you're young. You. <laughs> All right. Still ideas in that awesome, brilliant mind of yours. You. Please continue to entertain us and inspire us through your words. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, it is Bernadette Stannis. Thank, Thank you for being with us but today. But I want to add something. Please, please. I want to add something. I want everybody to follow me on, on Instagram, right? And then I want you to go to, now look, I'm, I'm thinking about this because it's hard for me. It's, I'm, I'm getting there. And I want you to go to my bio. Wait a minute. Go to the bio. Then go down and press that last one down there and go mm -hmm. to my YouTube. I'm yeah. getting a YouTube. I got a little YouTube. So I want you to go and I want you to uh, like, share, and subscribe. There right? you go. Y'all heard it. <laughs> Y'all heard it. She is on Instagram and she is on YouTube. Yeah. I need you to go do it. And follow me. Follow her, subscribe, like all the stuff because I do. I need you to do it too. Thank She's you. She's buried at Stannis. Thank you so much Thank for being you, with us. Calling all trio, gear up, jag, and other college readiness organizations. Hello everybody, it's Finkley with the Finkley Experience. I am here to offer you information about our College Readiness Cohort Series. This College Readiness Series includes college applications, SAT, ACT prep, scholarships, financial aid, the mental mind state, HBCU versus PWI versus technical colleges, and so much more. You know this is helpful because it's actually like making me change my college plan. Really? If you're interested, visit our website at thefinkleyexperience.com or just email us at michael at thefinkleyexperience.com. We're looking forward to working with you. Hi, I'm Thomas Anthony Jones. You might know me from Good Trouble or This Is Us. I encourage you to watch the Michael Finkley Show on Broken TV and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Celebrate 100 shows. It's the Michael Finkley Show. Join us as we count down our top five shows. And remember the 14 moments. Come on, y'all. Let's celebrate. Next, Michael Finkley. Monday.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoy the show. Y'all, it was a pleasure taping this one. Miss Bernadette Stannis, thank you so much for being with us and telling your story and just being who you are, the gracious, awesome woman that you are. Thank you so much. We're going to keep in touch. We're going to keep in touch. Thank you so much. On Mondays, Finkley, again, we're celebrating 100 shows. So we're going to look back at some of these awesome shows that we've done, some blooper moments, all these different type of things. And we're just excited to, to be in that caliber of a 100 show who work so hard. It works so hard and you get to see all of the awesomeness on Monday. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Michael Finkley Show. Ring that bell for notification. We'll send you emails saying, hey, new content's uploaded. Please listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also, too, for up-to-date information about what we do here at The Michael Finkley Show, please, 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 please visit our website at michaelfinkleyshow.com. Thank you so much for watching. Y'all have a good weekend. Go rest your bones in your life. We'll be back on Monday. Have a good one.